today on It's Time. They got everything going wrong in their life. They lose their job. They lose their home. They lose everything. And and the person comes and says, why don't you turn to God? And they just get their heart harder and harder and harder. They don't want to change. It's time. Welcome to It's Time, the daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler, pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today, we're going through the book of Exodus. So turn there in your Bible and follow along with Pastor Mike. The Lord said, let my people go that they may serve me. Verse 14, for at this time, I will send my plagues to your very heart and on your servants and on your people that they may know that there is none like me in all the earth. Again, going back to chapter five, Pharaoh saying, who is the Lord that I would let his people go? God says, okay, I'll show you. I, I a lot of times think it's just a lot better just to take God at his word. However, sometimes they don't. Now, if I stretch my hand and struck you and your people with pestilence, then you would have been cut off from the earth. But indeed, for this purpose, I have raised you up that I may show you my power in you, that my name may be declared in all the earth. As yet you exalt yourself against my people in that you will not let them go. He's saying, I'm going to do these things to show you, Pharaoh, who's really boss here. For some dumb reason, you don't get it. You know, getting in an arm wrestling match with God, you're always going to lose. You know why? He's got a lot bigger arms than I do. So it's better just to say, okay, Lord, I will do that. Now, first of all, I want to point something out here. Isn't it interesting that God selected Pharaoh to show him this kind of power? You know, I I really look at that because I would feel kind of special if God took great interest in me to show me all these things. I would begin to say, well, wow, God, that's pretty amazing. You know, there was somebody else in the Bible like that as well. His name was Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar, the first real king of the organized world, the Babylonian Empire. He was the one who God showed amazing signs and wonders to as well. And yet, in all that God did, he didn't respond either till the very end when he lost his mind for, for several seasons, the Bible says, he came to his sentences, and I expect to see Nebuchadnezzar in heaven. So the very miracles that God will show one person that will cause them to repent, God will show another person, and their heart will get harder. It's a weird thing about the nature of man. Behold, tomorrow, about this time, I will cause a very heavy hail to rain down such has not been in Egypt since its founding until now. 
Therefore, send now and gather your livestock and all you have in the field, for the hail will come down on every man, every beast that is found in the field, and it is not brought home, they will die. This hailstorm is going to be so bad, if you don't get inside the building, you will die. Have you ever heard about... uh, you know, those hailstones they measure sometimes. And, and it's really weird. They, they have their graphometer, I guess. I don't know what it is about hails, But they use a, a piece of material about, about two foot by two foot. And what it looks like is foam board about uh, a couple inches thick, covered with tin foil. People use it for insulation. And they actually lay it out. And when the hailstones come and they smack this foam board, it leaves the imprint. And they actually have an actual record since the hail melts. Uh, they actually have a record on how large the hail was. They've recorded hail as big as uh, a baseball, softballs. I mean, when you have rocks falling out of the sky that big around. Now, when you get into Revelation, the Bible says that the hailstones are going to be upwards above 50 pounds. Now, you think everybody's going green with their solar panels? Let me tell you, when you have rocks falling out of the sky the size of bowling balls, (laughs) solar panels, we're going to have a real energy crisis, aren't we? I thought it was interesting because I'd say, well, we need to build more solar panels. We need to build... And I'm going, boy, you don't read Revelation because you guys are going to be in the dark because the hailstones that fall upon the earth are going to be of magnetismal proportion. Not only what it does to people, but what it does to everything else. So, these stones are going to come down from sky, and they're going to destroy everything, it says. Now it says, gather everyone together, get them safe. By the way, even in God's judgment, he shows mercy. He could have just not even told them. Ah, there's going to be hail tomorrow. But he said, this is going to be so bad, you need to get your people inside. That's how bad it's going to be. It is interesting that God dealing with Pharaoh didn't want to hurt the people. I I think that's really amazing about God. That a lot of times God is always pictured as an ogre and mean and everything. God was trying to get something accomplished. He didn't want to hurt everybody else. So he said, by the way, get all your people in. Get your live, what livestock you have left here. And get them inside. Because if they're found out in the field when the hail comes, they'll not come home. And so he feared, he who feared the word of the Lord... Among the servants of Pharaoh, made his servants and all of his livestock flee into the houses. But he who did not regard the word of the Lord, left his servants of his livestock in the field. And the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand towards the heavens, that there may be hail in all the land of Egypt, on man, on beast, on every herb of the field, throughout all the land of Egypt. And Moses stretched out his rod towards heaven, and the Lord sent thunder and hail and fire darted to the ground, and all and, and the Lord name rained hail on the land of Egypt. Uh, it tells you there was electrical storms with this hail, kind of like yesterday. <laughs> I don't know how many people saw that one coming yesterday night, but it was pretty freaky. 
I mean, especially when it hasn't rained here for like four and a half months. And then it just like uh, there was buckets of water being poured on everything. People were walking out in the street going, what is this? What is this? It's rain. What's rain? No, I mean, I mean, that was how bad it was. Uh, this storm came upon them. Now, these are no normal storms, friends. These are storms that I believe God arranges. God is the God of everything. You see, the Egyptians had gods for different things. They had the God of the Nile. They had the God of medicine in which the magicians, as we just read, were powerless against the boils. They couldn't even stand before anybody because of the boils that covered him. Their medicine God didn't deliver them. Well, again, now we find this falling upon them. And it says, so there was hail, verse 24, and fire mingled with hail, so it, so very, so heavy that there was some, some in it like all the land of Egypt since it became a nation. And the hail struck throughout all the whole land of Egypt, and it was in the field, both man and beast, And the hail struck every herb of the field and broke every tree of the field. Only in the land of Goshen, where the children of Israel were, there was no hail. Then Pharaoh sent and called for Moses and Aaron and said to them, I have sinned at this time. The Lord is righteous and my people and I are wicked. Wow! What a confession from Pharaoh! He gets it! Not really. I know a lot of people like this. They're sorry of the consequences of their sin, but not sorry enough to change. And this was the problem the Pharaoh had. Entreat the Lord, speak to the Lord on my behalf, that there be me no more mighty thunderings and hail, for it is enough. I will let you go, and you shall stay no longer. And Moses said to him, As soon as I have gone out of the city, I will spread my hands out to the Lord, and the thunder will cease, and there will be no more hail, that you may know that the earth is the Lord. By the way, not your God's. But for you and your servants, I know that you will not yet fear the Lord God. He's saying... You know, I know what you're saying, but you're not going to change. Isn't it weird that Moses had a word from the Lord, you know, concerning him? Now, you might call this uh, divine word, word of knowledge, prophecy. Well, again, you find that he says, I'll let the people go. And Moses says he's going out. He says, "I'll, I'll stop all this to show you that God is God. But I know you're still not going to let the people go. But as again, for your servants, I know that you will not let, you will not fear the Lord God. Now the flax and the barley were struck. For the barley was in the head and the flax was in the bud. The wheat and the spelt were not struck for they are late crops. So Moses went out of the city from Pharaoh, spread his hand out to the Lord. The thunder and hail ceased, and the rain was not pouring down on the earth. And when Pharaoh saw the rain and hail and thunder had stopped, he sinned yet more 
and he hardened his heart, he and his servants. Isn't it interesting? Here it says that Pharaoh hardened his own heart. Now, again, as I've told you, God didn't harden his heart in that, I'm going to put a whammy on you, you know. No, it's that God gave the miracles. How he reacted to it was was hardening of his heart. And, and, and to me, that's really weird. Because the thing is, is that God is demonstrating to us, but actually, God just allowed him to get what he wanted. Pharaoh literally here in verse 34 says, he hardened his heart and he and his servants. And the heart of Pharaoh was hard. Neither would he let the children of Israel go as the Lord had spoken to Moses. Man, you look at this and you realize just how hard a person's heart can get. Now the Lord said to Moses, go into Pharaoh. I have hardened his heart in the hearts of his servants, that they may show these signs of mine before them. And when you, and when you, and you may tell them in the hearing of your, your son and your son's sons, your mighty things that I have done in Egypt, my signs, which I have done among them, that you may know that I am the Lord. That this is the whole reason why God's doing that is to show you that he's really in control. So Moses and Aaron came to Pharaoh and said to him, thus saith the Lord God of the Hebrews, how long will you refuse to humble yourself before me and let my people go that they may serve me. Or else, if you refuse to let my people go, behold, tomorrow I will bring locusts into your territory. Now, again, like I said, the hits just keep on coming. You figure more destruction. You know, I shared this last week. God didn't need atomic bombs. He didn't need semi-automatic weapons. He just used grasshoppers. He, he just used whatever was there, whether it be frogs or whatever it might be, lice. To get his point across, well, if you refuse to let my people go, here comes the grasshoppers. Verse 5, and they shall cover the face of the earth, so no one will be able to see the earth. Well, I'll tell you, that's pretty thick grasshoppers. And they shall eat the residue of what is left, which remains from you from the hail. They shall eat every tree which grows up for you out of the field. And they shall fill your houses, the houses of your servants, the houses of all the Egyptians, whether you, which neither your fathers nor your father's father has seen since the day that they were on the earth to this day. And he turned and went out from Pharaoh. Then Pharaoh's servants said to him, how long shall this man be a snare to us? Let the men go that they may serve the Lord. Now his counselors are saying, Pharaoh, you're a nutcase. Can't you see what's going on? You know, I have found people, not Pharaohs, I found people like this. They got everything going wrong in their life. They lose their job. They lose their home. They lose everything. And and the person comes and says, why don't you turn to God? And they just get their heart harder and harder and harder. They don't want to change. They came to him and said, look, this we're going to lose this. Their God, do you not yet know that Egypt is destroyed? Pharaoh, have you taken an inventory lately to see the real condition of your country? Everything is falling apart. We have been, our cattle are dead. Our, our food now is gone. He just starts, they start giving him an inventory. 
So Moses and Aaron were brought again to Pharaoh. And he said to them, go serve the Lord your God. But those, uh, but, but who are the ones that are going? And Moses said, we will go, our young and old, with our sons, with our daughters, with our flocks, with our herds, and we will go. We must hold a feast to the Lord. Then he said, the Lord um, had better be with you when I let you and your little ones go. Beware the evil that's ahead of you. Not so. Go now, you who are men, and serve the Lord for what you desire. And they were driven out from Pharaoh's present. He said, no, you can just take the men. You're not taking your kids. You're not taking your wives. He had no intention of letting his slaves go. And so the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the land of Egypt for the locusts that they may come on the land of Egypt and eat every herb of the land All the hail has left. So Moses stretched his rod out over the land of Egypt and brought an east wind on the land. And all that day and all that night, the wind was blowing. And in the morning, the east wind had brought the locusts. And the locusts went over the land of Egypt rested on the territory of Egypt, and they were very severe. Previously, there had been no such locusts as they nor shall ever be after them. For they covered the face of the whole earth so that the land was darkened and ate every herb of the land, all the fruit of the trees, all the hail had left, so there remained nothing green on the trees, There remained nothing green, literally. You think about that. Your land just went to completely (laughs) the Mojave Desert. Just destroyed everything. And so he says, So there remained nothing green on the trees, on the plants, the field, throughout all the land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron in haste and said, I have sinned against the Lord your God against you. Now therefore, please forgive my sin only this once. Entreat the Lord God that he may take away uh, from me this death only. And so he went out from Pharaoh and treated the Lord. The Lord turned a very strong west wind which took away the lowest, took them and blew them into the Red Sea. There remained not one locust in the territory of Egypt, but the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he did not let the people go. Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand towards the heaven, that there may be darkness over the land of Egypt, darkness which may be felt. Wow. Darkness so dark you feel it. You ever been in one of those caves and they turn the lights out and man, you can't see your hand in front of your face. Now again, beaming this at the Egyptian god Ra, the sun god. Moses stretched his hand out towards the heavens, thick darkness in all the land of Egypt for three days. And they did not even see one another nor did anyone rise from their place for three days, but all the children of Israel had light in their dwellings. That's kind of weird. You know, you get towards the land of Goshen, the sun comes out. You go back towards the land of Egypt, it's dark. 
Then Pharaoh called Moses and said, Go serve your, go serve the Lord. Only let your flocks and your herds be kept back. Let your little ones also go with you. But Moses said, You must also give us sacrifices and burnt offerings that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God. Our livestock also shall go with us. Not a hoof shall be left behind, for we must take some of them to serve the Lord our God. And even we do not know with what we must serve the Lord until we arrive there. In other words, we don't know how big the sacrifice is going to be, so we got to take all of our livestock with us. But the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he would not let them go. Then Pharaoh said to him, Get away from me, take heed to yourselves, and see my face no more. For in that day you see my face, you will die. And Moses said, You have spoken well, I'm not going to see your face again forever. Now, the next one is the tenth plague. We're going to save that for next week because of its dynamic change in Pharaoh and in the land of Egypt. This was the last time Pharaoh was a really a world-governing empire. This devastation that Moses brought on Egypt was so severe, by the time the children of Israel left Egypt, they were never to rise again to world governance. Pretty sad. They came to world governance because of Joseph interpreting a dream that Pharaoh had and storing up grain. They became a world, super world power. And now because of the hardness of heart towards God, they never ever, ever attained to world prominence again. They had governing different places at different times, but they never ever became a world governing power again. It's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God this morning. I don't know how many, maybe you might be here in thinking, well, you know what? I've been playing cat and mouse with God for a long time. God's told me what he wants me to do. He told me he wants me to repent and get out of my sin. But I want to play games and maybe even offer God something else rather than me. I just want to invite you today. The Bible tells us today is the appointed day of salvation. For this reason, Christ died. You know, God did something for us we could never do in ourselves. Jesus met all the law requirements for being righteous. We could never do that in ourselves. That's why it's so foolish to try to go back into Judaism. Even as a Christian, I know many Christians that are doing that. I go, you don't get it. This is what the book of Galatians is about in the New Testament. Oh, foolish Galatians, who's bewitched you? You began in the spirit. Are you going to be made perfect in the flesh? When we go under the law, we're working in the flesh. But what God does for us in the spirit is something supernatural. We put on his righteousness. God changes our heart. There's a desire then to do what's right, not to be in rebellion to God. That's what being a Christian is. Letting God change our heart. Not me trying to change my heart, God changing me. Jesus said to Nicodemus, you must be born again. Why is that? It's not within us to be good. It's not within man to live righteously. I tried being good on my own. I couldn't do it. You look at your kids. Can't you just be good? No. It's the way it is. You say, what's wrong with you? Sin. 
No one had to teach your kids to lie. No one had to teach your kids how to break things. No one had to teach your kids how to, how to be deceitful. Okay, today, honey, we're going to learn how to lie. Okay, now you look at me, and I'm going to teach you how to lie. And then you got to do this with a straight... No, they can do it without your help. And we do it without anybody's help either. You see, the day... The Bible says today's the appointed day of salvation. If you've never received Christ as your Savior, we're going to pray right now. And after that, we'll have communion. And I just want you to realize how good it is to know God. Who is this God that I would let his people go? (laughs) Hey, aren't you glad you know that God? Aren't you glad you know the God, God of miracles in the Bible? If you need to get right with God today, maybe you've been a Christian playing on the wrong side of the fence, I want you to pray and ask the Lord to change your heart right now. Let's pray and see what God will do. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. And I ask you to forgive me of my rebellion to you. Lord, those things that I do against your heart. And so now, I ask you to forgive me. I want to be your child. I want to do what you want me to do. So change my life. I believe Jesus died on the cross for me. His blood covered my sins and lives for me every day as he rose from the dead. Write my name in your book of life. I never have to be scared of dying ever again. Empower me now. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. That I may be about your business. That I may fall more and more in love with you and the people, God, you want me to reach. And I give you my life in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us on It's Time. As Pastor Mike teaches verse by verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store or by downloading it from the It's Time website at theriverchristianfellowship.com. On behalf of Pastor Mike and the rest of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening and tune in next time for It's Time. It's Time.